So we're holding by Malach Malif, we're at Perik Zayin, I want to go back to Pasuk Yadal, the Yeshua started as a Shchutzin Linishmas, Yechazkal Shraga ben Avram Yehuda, should also be a Shchutzin Linishmas, Rebichiel Mechel ben Asher, Moshe ben Daniel, and Chaim Eloza ben Shemshenari, as well as a Shchutz Fufu Shlema, Fiyosem Menach ben Chava, and Chaim Moshe Yeshua ben Malka. So we saw last time that Shlomo sends for Hiram from Tsar, who was a coppersmith. And last time we talked a little bit about the background and the yichos of this person. So I want to review Pasuk Yedalad and talk a little bit now about his skill and his profession. So Pasuk Yedalad, again, Ben Isha Almoni, he was the son of a widow, whom Imati Naftali, he descended from the Shevet of Naftali, the Aviv Ish Tsairi. His father was also a man from Tsar, and we'll see that his father was also named Hiram. Apparently, the king was named Hiram, the father was named Hiram, the son was named Hiram. I guess everyone who lived in Tsar went by the name of Hiram, must have been very confusing. Who was he? The father or the son, one of them was Chayrish Nechoshes, was a coppersmith. He was full of wisdom, insight, and knowledge. To perform all sorts of work with copper. He comes to Shlomelech, and he does all of the work that Shlomelech needs with copper for the construction of the Beis HaMikdash. So the description here, the attributes of Chachma, and Tfuna and Das is similar to what we find by Betzalel, who was the primary builder of the Mishkan. Rashi there defines them as Chachma, is wisdom that one acquires from another. Da, uh, Bina, Tfuna, is Maven Dover Mitachdover, is the ability to develop a new idea from existing knowledge. And Das, in the context of building the Mishkan or in building the Beis HaMikdash, is Ruach HaKodesh to understand the proper way to build it based on the Ratzon of Hashem. Now, the Radak points out, why is it necessary to tell us that the father was an Ish Tzairi and a Charish Nechoshes? Why is that relevant to the Pasuk? Okay, the son was an expert coppersmith. Who cares what his father did? So, the Radak brings down from the Gemara in Erech and Daf Tezayin Amad Beis, that brings Araya from here, Rabbi Yochanan says that you see from here that a son should take the same profession as a father. Because you see here that the Pasuk points out that the father was a coppersmith and the son as well took the same profession as his father. And the Radak adds further that the father was originally sent by Hiram, the king, to assist Shlomo Melch in the building of the base of Mikdash. But as he had died after the seven years of the building, so now when it came time to work on the Kalim, the, son, the father was no longer alive, so Shlomo instead sent for the son. And the Mitsuda says that the Pasuk even hints at the fact that the son learned his skill from the father because it says vayimale, that he was full of, meaning that where did Hiram uh, become filled with the knowledge of Nechayshas? From the father. He learned from the father. His father instilled in him the Chachma, Tavuna, and Das to be able to be an expert craftsman, an expert artisan with copper. The Sefer Me'il Sadaka explains the idea behind the Gemara. Why does the Gemara feel it's appropriate for a son to take the same profession as a father? Why does God care what profession you take, whether it's the same as your father or not? So the Me'il Sadaka explains, first of all, that when a person chooses the same uh, profession as the father, in that way it brings a memory to the father. And in that way the son remembers the father. Why? Because when you're going to work, you recognize, and from time to time, you appreciate the fact that, hey, your father got into this business and you're following suit. And in that way, it's a nachas ruach. It brings, uh, it brings a, um, 
spiritual enjoyment for the neshama of the father. In addition, he says that when a person appreciates his profession, when a person is successful, he will turn to his ancestors, to his father, to possibly his grandfather, and show his appreciation to them. And in that way, he will be a makir toif, as opposed to a kafoy toif. And the Mil says that the Mishnas Reb Aaron says, that, I'm sorry, the Mishnas Reb Elazar says, that when someone is a kafoy toif to, uh, to his friend, it's as if he's a kafoy toiv to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So in order to avoid Chas being a kafoy toiv to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, a person should take the same profession as a parent or as his ancestors, and in that way, he will develop an appreciation for them and thereby a depreci- an, an appreciation, an extended appreciation for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So, Pasuk Tezvav, what type of work did this Chiram assist with? So, Pasuk Tezvav, Ayotzar Eshnei Amudim Dechoshes. He designed the two copper pillars. Rashi says these are the famous pillars of Yachin and Boyaz that decorated the first base of Migdash. We will see, we'll learn in intricate detail the magnificence of these two pillars, the level of detail and the level of expertise needed to create them. So what were their dimensions? First of all, Shemana Esrei Amo, they were 18 Amas high, Koimasu Amo Echad, the height of one pillar. V'chut Shteim Esrei Amo, Yosef Es Amo and a string that was 12 Amas long would uh, uh, was the circumference of the second pillar. So Rashi says that this is a, uh, a Pasuk that's Katsar, it's very short. It means it was the same measurements for both, but it gives us the height of one, and the circumference of the other, but really it was the same height and the same circumference for both. It's just giving the measurements in a short, in a shorter version. In Divrei Ayamim, this these pillars are described as having a height, or there it's called Eirech, but again a length, a height of thirty-five amos. Yet here it's it's a height of eighteen amos. So the Malbim explains that the two pillars originally were manufactured together as one long piece in the ground. So there was a mold created in the ground. The molten copper was poured into it. This is what the Rabak says. And that mold was 35 amas long. And then after they hardened, then they were taken out and they were split into two uh, separate pillars. Now, when they split the 35 amas in half, each pillar was 17 and a half amas. They then beat the ends of the pillar into the shape of a rose, which will be described a little later. And this process elongated each of the pillars by another half a amma from the extension of the rose. And in that way, each measured a total height of 18 amma. The Vilna Goyen learns differently because the Vilna Goyen, what's really bothering uh, the Mepharshim is, here it's described, amudim, that's Pasuk Tezvav here. And yet later on, it says in Pasuk Yitches, amudim. So here it's like he formed them, and later on, it's he made them. So the that's why, the again, the Rabak says it was a two-step process. First, he formed them in molds in the ground, and then later on, he actually cut them in half and 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 separated them. But the, the Vilna Gun learns differently. He says, here in Pasuk Tezvav, we're describing the making of the pillars. In Pasuk Yudches, we're describing the additions that were made to them. We'll see that there were decorations that were made on top and on the sides, and that is what is being referred to in Pasuk Yudches. The Radak says that in Divriya Yamin, when they're described as 35 Amas lying down, that's why it's called Eirech. It's the length while they were lying down. Here, they're, it's called Kaimas, because here, when they were cut and stood up, the height is referred to with a different Lashon of Kaimas instead of the, light, the, the Lashon of Eirech.